It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Training camp observations as week one comes to a close, and we spoke with Ryan Kerrigan about his retirement and his next steps that you're going to want to hear. And the Washington Commanders made some roster moves you may not have heard about yet. We're going to talk about all that right now on the Locked On Commanders podcast. Your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome in Commanders fans to the Locked On Commanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are your daily podcast covering the Washington Commanders. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube and the new WUSA 9 Plus app. Your CBS affiliate in Washington, D.C. has a new streaming app that's a game changer for local news and sports in the DMV. Just download the WUSA 9 Plus app now from your Roku or Amazon Fire Stick. No matter how you're joining us, we thank you for making us your first listen or your first view of the day. I am David Harrison, writer for Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation, covering your commanders, and my co-host Chris Russell is one half of the Russell and Medher show on the Team 980. You can find them there live Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern time or anytime along with this show on the Odyssey app. When we're not there or here, we're on Twitter. I am at dharrison82. Chris is at WrestleMania621, which over 24,000 of you are already aware of. And the show is at LO Commanders. Well, thank you, David. Uh, th- that number hasn't increased all that much over the years. So I don't know. I'm hanging on for dear life, baby. Uh, but, you know, I appreciate anybody that cares about anything uh, that we do. And once again, we thank you guys for making us your first listen and your first view of the day. Today's episode of LOC is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Of course, Bet Online, our friends, where the game Start. Sorry, David. So as we approach week two of training camp and, of course, the preseason opener now less than two weeks away, the Washington Commanders, as you mentioned, wrapped up week one of training camp. You were there for all four days. I was just there on Tuesday to open it with Rivera and then Saturday with you. Uh, And I guess I'll start with my big picture takeaway 
and, and, and we'll go on offense and then we'll go on defense and then we'll get more extensive analysis from you. Cause like I said, you've been there uh, with uh, my favorite term boots on the ground for the last, you know, four days or so. Um, and, and, and the big picture thought that I wanted to start with, and I wanted to bounce this off of you, the offense to me, and I've seen this based on video clips, based on what you've reported, based on what others have reported, the offense has been disjointed. Maybe that's the best way to say it so far to start camp. And that is somewhat normal. That happens. It's not the only offense that starts rough or raw or whatever. However, what I took away from Saturday, and, and maybe this is wishful thinking, and I wanted to bounce this off of you. When it looked good, it looked good. And what I mean by that is when Carson Wentz got the ball out on time and when Carson Wentz wasn't hitching and batting and holding on to the ball too long and letting the defense basically dictate, and when Carson Wentz could find specifically Cole Turner and one end zone, back line of the end zone using his six seven six seven and a half frame to easily – uh, get a ball on the very back line of the middle of the end zone, something we saw Michael Pittman do, and maybe even Mo Alley-Cox in Indianapolis last year a couple of times, certainly Pittman. Yeah. And then when he hit in the other end zone, Jahan Dotson, uh, on a ball, again, after struggling in red zone drills and hurry-up kind of situations, where he was holding on to the ball too long. He was making mistakes. He was not getting rid of it. Uh, they didn't seem to be on the same page. One particular snap, boom, perfect snap, great quick drop, release. It looked the part. Jahan Dotson snatched it. Again, middle part, back line of the end zone, and he's not Cole Turner, as we know, in terms oh. of size. Again, the overall point for me was, it wasn't enough, but when it was there, it looked pretty and it looked effective as it should. Right. And that's what, and you can see what the team is capable of. Right. And that's what this phase of the off season is all about is what do we do? Well, what can we do well, well, um, already. And then how can we get better at the things that we need to improve on? Like nobody right now is firing on all cylinders. Nobody right now is coming out being like, man, we're just perfect. Everything we do, every route we run, every play we call every scenario we run through is just perfect. Cause you know, I mean, not for another, but we've been, I mean, we've been through OTAs, we've been through, uh, we've been through mini camp and now we're, you know, through the first week of training camp. I think this is the second time I've seen them do a two minute drill exercise. So this is literally the second time Carson Wentz has ever led his offense uh, on a two minute drill. And oh, by the way, the first time he did it, Terry McLaurin wasn't on the field. Um, mm -hmm. The second time he did it, Curtis Samuel wasn't on the field. You know what I mean? So he's doing this each time with a separate offense and, and continuity. Uh, is important, but like you said, when when the ball is there, when the ball is right, when the when the play is executed properly, it's done very very well. And what I would say about when they miss, Chris is is, and this is something I noted multiple times during the session, especially today, but throughout the week, when Carson misses, typically he misses where nobody's going to get it. Yeah. So again, it's the old adage of put the ball where you, only your guy can get it, or nobody gets it. He's doing that very very well. And save for a couple of interceptions during OTAs, like go through the mini camp, and then now so far through training camp, if there is an interception or an almost interception, most of the time it's on the receiver. It got batted off the receiver's chest or off the hands or something like that. But there has been a couple of times where he's been late on a couple outbreaking routes, like legit outs, not just outbreaking, but out routes. Uh, those you want to see cleaned up, obviously. Uh, but again. You know, every day they go back in, they watch a little bit more film. They talk about what they saw. They talk about what they don't like, what they do like. So you just want to see that incremental progression. And honestly, I mean, two, two, you have a red zone drill and a two minute drill, both producing touchdowns. 
and and they're not touchdowns where well there was an interception but they gave the ball back and said okay keep running right. it anyway no right. they never turn the ball over a red zone drill a two minute drill no turnovers touchdowns on both both of them two rookies yeah absolutely and and you know look again we all know it's not going to be perfect right uh, no game is perfect no preseason game regular season game no quarterback no wide receiver no team Nothing is perfect, but you know, I, I mean, this is also not to say that there aren't concerns. Of course, there are concerns, and again, part of that is it, it has been noted. You know, Carson sometimes tries to do too much. Carson tries to sometimes hold on to the ball too long. Carson sometimes tries to wait in there as long as he could, which leads to taking shots. There was one play right before the touchdown to Dotson on Saturday where Cole Holcomb steamed in there and absolutely would have lit up Carson Wentz like a Christmas tree if he was allowed to. And that's a problem, right? Because I'm watching it, and I don't know. Uh, I, I think you were like right next to me, and I, may, maybe we talked about this. I can't remember. Uh, but but I mean, again, Cole Holcomb would have lit him up like a Christmas tree if he was allowed to, and, and that would have at least been a sack or a major hit or maybe even mm -hmm. a turnover. Remember all the issues Carson Wentz has had in his career. I think he's got over 60 career fumbles. He had five fumbles lost last year, eight fumbles total. You know, we talk about Antonio Gibson all the time with the fumble problems. That's been a problem for Carson Wentz too. So my point being is, um, again, when, when the operation looks good, it looks good. And, and like you, oh, okay, this is why they went out and got Carson Wentz. Now they've got to clean up all the other things. And, you know, one other thing you mentioned about putting the ball, you know, where, where something's not there. I did notice that out of Sam Howell as well on Saturday. Mm -hmm. And, again, you, you may have noticed more because you've been there all four days. I haven't. But Sam Howell seemed to sail a couple of balls where something wasn't there. And, again, that could just be happenstance. That could be just a couple of throws. But you, to your point, you'd rather you you'd rather a quarterback if something's not there, especially in the red zone, and they have the back target line to throw and and to throw out of bounds and to throw through the. You'd rather that than a bad throw and something that can be picked off or knocked up or yeah. you know knocked down or something like that. Um, you know, which also again feeds into taking care of the football, being smart. Something there, take it. If something's not there, live for another gap down. Yeah, I mean, there's an obvious focus on it because Taylor Heineke is doing it too. I, mean, I think yeah. I've seen Taylor Heineke throw more passes away in training camp than I saw all last yeah, season. Absolutely. All right, coming up, uh, we will uh, hit up the defense, just kind of a big picture takeaway. And David uh, wrote something up for SI.com, and we will get his thoughts on his big three snapshot looks at the Washington Commanders. That's next on the Locked On Commanders podcast. But first, guys, level with us. We've been in a situation at some point in our lives when we're a little tight on cash, right? Uh, everybody's been through that. Maybe you can only afford a few gallons of gas, especially with gas still being uh, $4 plus per gallon. Uh, or you got to save, uh, you know, uh, another save the date, you know, for a wedding or an engagement or something like that. You're wondering how you're going to afford that nice gift so you don't look cheap. That's where Dave is going to help. Not David Harrison, but Dave. Uh, if you're living paycheck to paycheck or struggling to make ends meet, it can be really stressful when unexpected expenses come up. Now, Dave can help you get uh, a pinch uh, when you really need it the most. Hindsight is 2020. You can't change the past, but when you can get a little help from your future self, maybe you'd ask to borrow a little cash. Now you can with our friends at Dave. Again, Dave is the banking app that can help you get up to $500 instantly with extra cash, more money to fill up your tank, buy that wedding gift, catch up on the bills. You can finally get ahead and tackle all those expenses just like a linebacker would a training camp in 
uh, in Ashburn. Well, that's, you know, that's what we do. Uh, so you'd have no hangups and you can get the help that you need. Millions of people have already downloaded the Dave app. Why don't you to get the financial relief you need again with extra cash? If you're in a pinch, do this now. Download the Dave app from the app store right now. That's D-A-V-E. Sign up for an extra cash account. Get up to $500 instantly. For terms and conditions, go to dave.com slash legal. Instant transfer fees apply. Banking provided by Evolve member FDIC. Future you will thank you. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. All right, thanks once again for making the Lockdown Commanders podcast your first listen and your first view of the day. So just finishing up on my overall, uh, you know, like first glimpse, if you will, of the team during training camp, Dave. Uh, on on the field on defense, uh, one thing you notice, and I know you've talked about this a lot, is Chris Harris is a maniac, first of all, the defensive back co- coach. He's on everything. He is rah-rah. I mean, he is yelling. He is screaming. He's cursing. Uh, he's very positive with his guys, uh, working a lot with Benjamin St. Juice on Saturday, uh, working with some of the other guys. I, he came over, and he darn near crushed Corn Elder when Corn Elder uh, made a really nice play, but always right in the middle of the action. This secondary, look, they're not perfect by any means. They're going to get beat from time to time. But William Jackson III said it as much after practice on Saturday uh, when he met with the media, and that is they feel so much more comfortable in year two for most of them. I I understand uh, that there are going to be some, you know, like Christian Holmes, if he makes the roster, he's not in year two, he's in year one. He's a rookie, seventh-round pick out of Oklahoma State. But for William Jackson III, year two. For Benjamin St. Juice, year two. Uh, For... Kendall Fuller, it's year three uh, in the system, but again, year two with those guys. And I think communication and I think assignments and I think roles and knowledge of the system, like WJ3 admitted a couple of times, he said, look, you know, I I just, now I know it. Like I didn't know it last year. And, And I don't know why that was. Maybe it's because the guys don't work as much as they used to in the building as many hours because of the CBA and all that stuff. Maybe they didn't do a good enough job teaching it. There's a myriad of reasons, right? Maybe we were just expecting too much. But one thing that definitely struck me on Saturday is, again, Harris has got his guys playing hard. He's a really enthusiastic coach to play for. And I have to believe, I have to believe the communication and the role and the assignments and the ability to play more aggressively is going to be a big part of the commander's defense. Yeah, I mean, I think I think when you look at the the evolution of NFL defenses, you know, schemes have gotten more uh, complicated and more wordy even, and even on defense. Like, you know, it, it almost kind of used to be on defense. You just lined up against the formation you saw, and you had your assignment, and you just kind of rolled with it. But now there's there's checks and there's signals, and, and there's in-play, you know, call-outs that you have to have and, and all these other things like, uh, and, and Todd Bowles is, is really one of the best at doing this, but they there are a lot of guys who try to run their defense almost like it's an offense where they are they're the defense instead of just trying to prevent you from doing what you're doing, they're trying to do things to force you into doing what they want you to do. Like it, it's a very much more active type of a defense that we see a lot in the in the National Football League. 
The problem with that is that as the the defenses are evolving that way, the playtime and the meeting time requirements are devolving to where players are getting more free time, less time on the practice field to mm-hmm. preserve their health and their bodies, which is good, you know, in a sense. But again, it does make it harder to learn a new scheme when you're a new guy. And, and you know, you can look at William Jackson spends all of training camp last year, essentially just trying to remember the looks, the scheme, his his responsibilities and where other people are on the field. Forget the rest of it. Forget like I know what Kendall's going to do. I know what Cam Curl's going to do behind me. I'm just trying to figure out what I'm going to do. And then, boom, you're in the season. And once you're in the season, you're in the trees. Like you're in the forest. You're not going to get, you know, you don't get a, a chance until the end of the year to step back and then look at the trees through the forest right. type of thing. Um, yeah, so, no, yeah, so, yeah, so a lot of a lot of complications there, but good to see William Jackson, you know, saying he's got a swagger back and, and flaunting the yep. gold and, and all that stuff. Uh, good stuff from him. Um, some three he takeaways. Looks, he says he looks cute in the gold, by he the does. way. He does. He feels like he looks cute. Yeah. And look, if you feel like, look, look, feel, look cute, feel cute play well that's that's the saying i remember vividly <laughs> but no he looks he definitely looks better um so three observations you know for those of you who like to read uh i'm, I'm doing three observations every day uh of, of training camp that i'm therefore i will be missing five practices because i am getting shipped to tampa for one week to cover training camp there uh with the bucks but then i will be back with washington for the rest of training camp after that so uh, every day i'm at training camp i will be doing a training camp notebook for si and uh, it's three observations. I try to flip flop it. Right? I try to do like two defense, one offense, one day, one offense, uh, two defense. Or I might have said it the same way. I don't know. Um, today we got two offensive re- uh, observations. First, for first foremost, the tight ends. You kind of already touched on it, um, but look, no Logan Thomas as he continues to rehab. No John Bates spending his second day in a row uh, on the on the workout field instead of the practice field. Uh, again, the the word is no major concerns, but you know, obviously you want to have him out there. So basically, tight end number one today was your rookie fifth-round draft pick, Cole Turner. And then your number two tight end was Samus Reyes, who undrafted, you know, foreign uh, developmental program guy and all that. And then your number three tight end is undrafted Arizona State tight end. Uh, Curtis uh, Hodges. Curtis Hodges. Yeah, I just yep. totally forgot his name. That's that's absolutely how, how me. dare you forget your right? fellow Sunday. I mean, come on. Anyway, so Curtis Hodges um, and all three of them showed up. You know what I yep. mean? At different times. And and I would say that of the three, Curtis probably had the least impressive day, but he still had an impressive day. Cole Turner caught that first touchdown. Samus Reyes, um, it's funny because I actually tweeted about Cole Turner, had a follower respond. Like basically, so Samus Reyes is just, you know, mess, you, he's just not going to make the roster. And then boom, uh, just like that, Samus Reyes comes on the field with the ones and has three catches on a, on a touchdown drive in a two-minute drill. And then right. Curtis Hodges gets involved, uh, has a couple of nice little block, you know, swing blocks uh, that they they moved him on. And then has some nice uh, catches, found some nice soft zone spots, and and was available for his quarterback. So I mean, literally, this tight end room is looking five deep at this point. Uh, Armani Rogers, uh, basically the only guy not flashing yeah. today. On Hodges, just a quick note on him. I, I don't know if he actually got his feet in bounds. There was a lot of dispute on the field. Oh, he absolutely did. Far- how, how dare you? First of all, I mean, it was too far away for me to conclusively know, right? There was dispute on the field. Okay, maybe he did, maybe he didn't. He came down with a catch. He climbed the ladder, right? And if he did get his feet down, it would have been a really, really, really nice uh, touch. Now, listen, he's six foot eight, so he's got size as as Cole Turner does, right? Which can be really advantageous, especially to a tall quarterback, so on and so forth, and a team that struggled in the red zone. One thing you mentioned, you know, they moved him. I noticed that they moved him in motion a lot. I noticed that they did a lot of different different type motions like that, mm-hmm. that drag motion type stuff. Um, and, and also this, 
he was not perfect in his technique. He got beat one time after getting an initial thrust into, I think, a uh, a, a, a linebacker who kind of came around uh, the edge, mm. and he got beat. And then there was another time where he got his initial guy that he was supposed to get off of the snap, but then another defender came steaming on the same side, and, and he was late getting over, but not really his fault because he was engaged in the first guy that he had to block, right? There was just too yeah. many guys to block. One thing I so I noted in my in my little notes uh, that Curtis Hodges wasn't great, wasn't perfect, mm -hmm. but at least he gave effort and he was in the right position from what I could tell. And then yeah. Ron Rivera on Saturday, David, said as much. He said, look, he had some technique issues earlier this yeah. week, no doubt about it. But one thing that he noticed, Rivera said, was that Montez Sweat took him aside and taught him a couple yep. of things about countering the pass rush. Uh, the tight ends coach, Juan Castillo, who's pretty active and pretty yep. um, oh, yeah. uh, energetic, for lack yep. of a better term, he pointed out some things and Hodges responded and changed. So that's a good sign for a young player, especially one that there were questions about, and that's part of the reason why he went undrafted. Absolutely, yeah. No, um, and, and, the, and the work ethic is there too. And you know, Ron previously... Uh, he he kind of praised his guys for working after practice. That that was one of the observations I took away from Friday's training camp in my notebook. Um, and it continued today. You know, it continued or not today on Saturday. And Juan Castillo was out there with his tight ends, Cole Turner, Armani Rogers, and uh Curtis Hodges. I almost did it again. Um, all working on blocking techniques. So they're they're definitely working on Samus Reyes wasn't there, but you know, Samus Reyes, he's just coming back from that injury, so he's probably getting uh more treatment and, and all those things. So that's the first takeaway, Chris. I've got two more. Uh, coming up here that we'll talk about. But first, we're going to talk about our friends at betonline.net, the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs, find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. And they're even tracking you. They've actually gone on Twitter, Chris, and, just, and determined who the most optimistic fan bases are on social media. Spoiler alert. Commanders fan base, you're not one of the more optimistic groups. Either way, Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sporting wagering information from live in game betting, scores, and podcasts they have you covered. Head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today at Bet Online, where the game starts. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Final segment on this Monday episode of the Locked On Commanders Podcast. Getting your week started with our end of week one training camp observations, which wrapped up over the weekend. Uh, so we can tell you all about that here. Chris, I'm going to lump my next two observations from Saturday's practice into one because both of them require very, very large grains of salt. And I want to make sure that we talk about that. Uh, my second observation was a lack of, I, I literally call it lack of receiving. Basically, here's the deal. Deami Brown had some drops against air. Uh, well, I want to say I said drops, but he had a drop against air that I saw. I didn't watch every rep uh, during the warmups, but he had at least one bad drop against air, which is Definitely not what you want. For those who don't know, air means you, there's no defender, so there's no reason to be dropping passes, right? Um, and then in the in the two, in the red zone drill, rather, you had a very bad drop 
uh, as well. So uncharacteristic of Diami so far this offseason. Terry McLaurin had a, a drop during the two-minute drill, which shocked everybody. And somebody may or may not have made a joke of this is why they overpaid him. Obviously, that's not true. Um, and then uh, John Dotson had a drop uh, as well at one point. Well, not really a drop, but he was he was running down the left side of the field, kind of like where Diami Brown was on Friday when he made that huge play against uh, Kendall Fuller. Carson put the ball up. Carson threw the ball behind the two defenders that were with Jahan, but Jahan, for whatever reason, read it differently. He kind of slowed up, and because of it, he got lost in the weeds and traffic of the defenders. The ball fell incomplete again. When Carson missed, it was he missed everybody, right? Uh, but Carson himself, and you just hear, and you, that's where you know a quarterback is frustrated, yelled out, keep going. You know, he just wanted his young receiver to, to get under the ball. And, and so those three guys, as the tight ends, raise their game the receivers got they kind of had a little bit of a slip today but again if that's the worst you get out of receivers you know in all training camp you're, you're doing pretty well um and then the nickelback competition again this is more of a personal thing benjamin st juice he's he's been looking more comfortable especially in zone but i did notice that danny johnson got some first team reps uh on saturday which doesn't necessarily mean it's a full-blown competition i'll let you talk about that because we had that conversation on the sideline yeah i i mean I, again i i think it Danny Johnson had a pretty good second half of last year uh, when they were looking for somebody to step up in that particular position as they were struggling all around. Uh, and even though, and he was brought back on a one-year contract that, you know, there was not a huge commitment given to him. Uh, but again, he played an important role for them uh, last year with everything being unsettled and a jumbled mess, especially because of injuries in the secondary. And we know how bad the pass defense overall was last year. So I think he deserves a crack at at least pushing Benjamin St. Juice for that starting nickel role, that starting slot position, which basically is on the field so much now. It might be on the field a little bit less in this defense because of the Buffalo nickel uh, than maybe more traditional nickel defenses. But you get the point is that I don't think it's slam dunk central that Benjamin St. Juice, no questions asked, is the starting slot. I think Danny Johnson pushing him. And maybe as you've noted, maybe Benjamin St. Juice not as comfortable yet, maybe a little bit better in zone. We know he's more of a man press guy, or at least that's what he was drafted to be out of Minnesota. So again, it's an adjustment for everybody. And that's why you go through camp and you don't give anybody jobs. And I think Ron Rivera said something uh, to a reporter late on Saturday morning after practice. He said, whoa, wait a second. Not every job, not every starting job is, is settled. We're, you know, he wouldn't get specific, but maybe that's one of the areas. Right. And you noted this, that Danny Johnson was getting some run with the first teamers at the nickel slot. Yeah, but also Cam Curl gets a little bit of run with the third team as well from time to time. And I, mean, uh, I don't think Cam Curl's going to the bench anytime soon. No, that's, that's just for more reps. So, right, so you know, exactly. it's it's, a, it's just a grain to, of salt type of thing. Yeah, that's why we have to, like you said, we, we have to be careful about what we see once or twice or even one day. They could be looking at different looks, uh, all, all of that stuff. So, um, all right, in the remaining couple of moments that we have, uh, David, I, obviously the team uh, made a couple of roster moves uh, on Saturday. Uh, they let go of center guard Bo Bench. Shaw, uh, and they signed offensive tackle Rashad Hill. And then I'm going to give this a crack, and you're going to tell me that I butchered it. Alex Akingbulu. An it's offensive Bulu. tackle. Akingbulu is, Aking is my Bulu. understanding of it. Yeah, we'll have to ask him specifically, but Alex Akingbulu okay. uh, from Fresno State and UCLA. Yeah. Okay, Mr. Akingbulu, please get a name that's easier to pronounce, like, <laughs> I don't know, Arnold or something like that. Please. Yeah. Um, 
But anyway, those are the roster moves that the team made on Saturday morning. And David, in wrapping up the episode, uh, you and I both got a chance on Saturday morning to attend Ryan Kerrigan's retirement press conference. He had announced his retirement on Friday. We did a special episode. Please go check that out. I mean, we didn't, you know, like we didn't do it for no reason. We wanted to cover the Chase Young breaking news and as well the Ryan Kerrigan pre- uh, breaking press conference uh, and breaking retirement news. Now, uh, I, I, I know you didn't get to cover Ryan. Uh, I did his entire career from the minute he walked in the door. Um, you know, as a number 16 overall pick, 2011, Mike Shanahan, Jim Hazlitt, they made a trade down with the Jaguars. They drafted this kid out of Purdue, this big old country strong ox kid, 4-3 defensive end, converted him to a 3-4 edge. His first game as a rookie against Eli Manning and the Giants, the 10th anniversary of September 11th. Uh, in Washington, interception, he knocked up a pass, returned it for a pick six. Uh, I remember sitting down with him after he was drafted for about an hour, and he's, you know, just this awkward big old nice young humble man um but what he was and now what he is is a father of three and the all-time franchise sack leader if you count the official statistics uh dexter manley had more technical sacks than ryan Mm -hmm. kerrigan but ryan kerrigan had more official sacks and now he's retired and here's the interesting part he wants to coach he he does coach and i think he wants to coach here and he wants to coach now and he wants like to he, he wants now. to be in the NFL and he wants to sooner rather than later enter into the coaching I mean look well, I mean that you will you will find worse coaching interns I promise you uh, and and you know so so why not hopefully hopefully they can get it done but yeah no I didn't get to cover him you know what I mean but I definitely wanted to be there for the press conference uh because I think you can tell a lot from the way that a player interacts with with the media that covered him for the majority of his of his his career uh, and as much as a lot of people look down on the DC media, that's not that's not even just DC. That's New York media, Atlanta, Tampa media. Right. Like you know, everybody's uh, there's there's a saying that the evil Bucks media is is out there as well. So I mean, you know, that's that's everywhere I think. But Ryan Kerrigan came in and and you know, uh, Co- it was Coach Rivera, maybe it was Sean, uh, one of the one of the commander staffers said he literally he wanted to have a traditional press conference. Like he wanted to have one last press conference with the media group and that's exactly what he got um and then at the very end of it you know when they do the whole you know thanks everybody and usually walk away he took a moment and he said a few words about all of all of you i'm going to say you not us even though i was in the room because again i did i never covered ryan kerrigan um and then even afterwards you know i watched and and you know he talked to you he talked to john kime nikki javala his wife you know intermingled with the media members and that's that's kind of a behind the curtains thing that I'll give to the fans who really thinks that you know the DC media is just negative and out to get everybody. You know, Ryan Kerrigan and his wife would not spend that time talking with all of you and intermingling with you and talking about their future plans and some things that they said that I'm not going to share publicly because they weren't stated publicly if they hated you or if they felt you were against them or uh, you know not on their side. And and I can say that because I'm not talking about me again. I'm not in that group, so this is me and as an outsider observing the way that Ryan Kerrigan interacted with all of you and his wife interacted with all of you uh, as well. You could tell there was a mutual admiration, even though I'm Mm -hmm. sure that there were times that you had to write or say something negative uh, about him on a play or a certain time or or whatever, what have you. I'm sure there's someone who understood why Washington didn't keep him and he went to Philly and, and had to write about it. You know what I mean? It's part of the honor among thieves type of thing, you know, uh, but I think that shows how much Ryan really enjoyed his time in Washington with the fans, but also dealing with you guys as well. 
Yeah, no doubt. Just putting a finishing touch on this. He wasn't happy to leave here. He wanted to retire here. He wanted to end here. That's why he signed the one-day deal here. He was asked about potentially replacing Chase Young. He said, oh, you know, I kind of thought about it, but, you know, like he would have to go through the grind. There was no guarantee he would make the roster. His knees really bothering him. Uh, he said he tried to ramp up, and that's when he knew it was time to shut it down. Uh, all I can say is this. One of the classiest human beings that I got to know, cover, uh, be around, uh, great pass rusher, uh, not explosive twins twitchy, whatever, dynamic, but just a really, really good, tactically strong, sound pass rusher. And again, the 95-plus career sacks testified to that. What a great career for uh, the showstopper, Ryan Kerrigan, and it was a pleasure uh, to cover him. All right, that's going to do it for us today on this episode. Washington Commanders fans, thanks again for making the Locked On Commanders podcast your first listen and your first watch of the day. Now make your second listen and watch the Locked On NFL podcast. Our national NFL experts and insiders keep fans dialed in with the biggest stories and the latest news from around the league. Training camp is here, baby, and it's wide open, and the news is fast and flowing. We'll be back with more coverage from training camp. David boots on the ground, as always, and I'll be here to sprinkle in my uh, words and comments and wisdom. Uh, if you want to hop in, 301-615-3577. That's 301-615-3577 on the voicemail or locked on Washington Commanders at gmail.com. For my partner, David Harrison, is covered the Washington Commanders. Please go out and read his stuff, si.com's Fan Nation. Uh, I am Chris Russell. One half the Russell and Medhurst show on the Team 980 and the Odyssey out. If you're out and about, please be safe. Be kind to one another. Don't you dare drive like a maniac. And thank you for joining us right here on the Locked On Commanders Podcast. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.